Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe, and I'm a sales and marketing coach and LinkedIn lead generation service provider. I work with health, life, and mindset coaches and online service-based business owners to help them get more sales, shift their time to the client generating activities instead of just the busy work, and overcome that social media overwhelm. Let's get into the show. I have a new free gift for you. It's my free time management system. And this is something that you're going to actually be able to stick with. It's nothing too fancy. It's not going to require spreadsheets. And it's basically teaching you how to love your calendar, how to plan your week and prioritize the result producing activities, how to prevent procrastination and keep getting better and better at time management with my five reflection questions you can use weekly. And it's what I personally used when I was juggling so many side jobs when I was first growing my business. So I can't wait to share it with you. It's at HaleyRowe.com slash time planning. It's all one word. And if you need the direct link or you can't find it, just feel free to DM me at Haley underscore Rowe. Mention the time management system and I will get you the exact link. All right, let's get into the show. I am here today with Patty Farmer, all about how to monetize your marketing and your media. We're going to talk about some new shifts rather than just relying on social media all the time and posting in particular. Um, So Patty, first, why don't you introduce yourself and how you got into marketing and we'll go from there. Wow. I think I've been in marketing since I was like really, really little. Um, I think even when I was a kid and I was babysitting, I was learning how to market myself by telling the people I was babysitting for that if they paid me extra, I'd help their kids with their homework and, you know, a little bit extra, I would clean their house (laughs) while I was there. Right. You know, so I think I've always been in marketing, but as an adult, I just realized that it is the most exciting part for me. And when I would talk to people like the hair on my arms would rise up, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I want to get my hands in their business so much. And so I've been doing it for a very long time and I love it. Nice. So would you call yourself um, what would you call your your title? So I'm a marketing and media strategist, coach and consultant. Amazing. All right. Well, let's talk about media and what are you seeing lately as far as what's working and how do you really define media and we'll go from there so i define media as any type of medium at all that you're in front of your people right so whether it's video podcasts stages right publications anything really that gets you in front of people Right. I think that is like a really, really big thing. So for me, that is media. I don't consider media social media. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So it can be anything and different things work for different people. Like sometimes if you are in your community and there's opportunities, it might make more sense to start there instead of on TikTok where there's tons of people and everybody's attention span is really short and all sorts of stuff. So how do you help somebody determine what kind of media should they be doing and how do they start to monetize it? So the first thing we want to know is who is their target buyer? Um, a lot of people like to talk about who their target market is, which is really somebody who has a problem and you have a solution. But your target buyer is somebody who has a problem and you have a solution and they're actively looking for that solution, which is kind of the game changer, right? So for me, I always start there. Let's identify 
who your ideal buyer is, and then let's talk about where they are. Because you can spend all your day on Facebook, but if your people are really on LinkedIn, it doesn't matter. You need to be spending all your time, not all your time, but all your time that you're using and allocating for media to be in front of the people who literally are buying. Like, who are your people? And that's where you should be. Nice. Yeah. And as far as figuring that out, do you do like some testing? Do you typically, how do you help somebody realize like, okay, I think it's Facebook, but I don't really know. Oh no. (laughs) We do AB testing. We do research. I have a team of six people who work for me. So, you know, we're out there doing all the research, all the market research, making sure that we're testing it, really getting clarification because the reality is sometimes people will tell you who they think it is. And that's not actually really who mm-hmm. it is. Right. And so we really want to make sure that when we bring somebody on board, that the very first thing is that it is accurate what they think it is. Right. You know, mm-hmm. let's make sure that that is correct so that we go there first. That's the first thing. And then the second thing that's really important to me and what I always start with is designing your lifestyle. Because I believe that a lot of times when people talk about their why, they'll show up pictures of like their kids and stuff. That's not your why, (laughs) right? It's important, but it's not actually your why. And so I think that people need to know what is their why? What's the lifestyle they want to live? I help them to design that lifestyle. And then we look at those things like who's their target buyer and look at the lifestyle that they want to live. And then I help them take those two things and design the lifestyle they want to live and then help them to build a business that supports that lifestyle. And then we look at where do we need to have you be in order to do that, right? Because somebody may say they just really want to be home every day at four o'clock and don't work weekends. And somebody may tell me that, oh, Patty, I want to be able to travel the world and make $25,000 a month. Obviously, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think it's different plans based on what you want your lifestyle to be, as you're saying. And I also think one of the things I hear, which is why I'm really glad you brought up target buyer, is I hear a lot of people saying, well, I feel like I'm just not attracting people who are, they just want stuff for free all the time. They just want free tips or people will just send me a question they have. And then the conversation ends there and they don't end up buying anything or booking a discovery call or anything like that. So what would you say to somebody like that who maybe that's what they're experiencing and how do you start to turn that around? So the first thing I like to ask them is, and it's really kind of a bold question, but it's like, are you working for compliments or are you working for cash? Because, you know, a lot of times what they really want is they want the strokes, they have a movement or they feel passionately about something and they kind of want kudos. And I know you may think that's not true, but it really, really is, right? Some people want to be acknowledged and they'll walk out of a room and they'll be told that they're how brilliant they are and, you know, they'll get all these great compliments, but nobody will hire them. And the reason is because they haven't really showed up that way and they don't have anything to really offer them. And so instead, they kind of try to revert to selling. And I think it's really all about serving first. So lead with contribution, compensation will follow always if that's what you go. But here's what I really want to say. Whether you're just starting out, whether you are making $25,000 a month or that's your goal, or whether really you just want to be home at four o'clock, The number one way you're going to do it across the board, no matter what, is it always starts with relationships, right? So it always Mm -hmm. starts with building that relationship with 
the people that you want to serve. So I always like to say the best way to monetize and to get new business is really to be spending time building relationships with the people who already cater to those people. You don't need yeah. to start all over. Like there are people out there who already cater to them. And if they are, those are the relationships that people need to be building. So whether you're on LinkedIn, Facebook, or wherever you are, wherever you're spending your time, instead of going into groups or what I like to say, trolling, right? Really trying to find somebody who may be looking for your services. Why not already build a relationship and serve the people who are already serving those people too? figure out what you can do together and you'll get to the marketplace faster and people will hire you faster too. Love it. Yes. I have a whole thing on partnerships and how do you build profitable partnerships and how do you do guest trainings? And I've been really doing more of that over the last year or so. And it's so fun because a, it's refreshing because you get to teach what you love or you get to get in front of an audience that already is looking to hear what you have to say. So that's fun. And then two, it's beneficial for both parties, like collaborating with each other can be awesome. Now, what I would hear in my head when I'm thinking of my beginner clients is they'd say, well, I don't really have anything. I don't have much to offer. I could, I could do a free training for somebody or I could, I could, you know, offer something, but I don't have a big audience or I don't think I have enough to offer them um, in a way that they would say yes. So any tips around when you're new and maybe you're trying to partner with somebody and build a relationship with a potential partner, uh, but you're not sure like, well, how do I communicate what's in it for them? Or how do I, you know, when I'm, when I'm quote unquote newer? Well, I think the most important thing is the thing that you do the best that comes the easiest to you. There are other people out there that want that because I think a lot of times we assume that if it comes easy to us, it's easy to everybody else. And that's absolutely not true. And then the second thing is people tend to focus on what their strengths are, or what they should be doing. What can I do with that? But the reality actually is, and even in the beginning, it is really, where are they not? Now, I don't want to say your weaknesses, but the best growth opportunities are in the things that are not your strengths. So for me, I, the thing that I struggled with for a long time was copy. Like, you know, I could tell you what it was because I'm a speaker, but I didn't really like to write copy. That wasn't what I wanted to do. I can't even tell you how many amazing relationships that I built all through my career with people who love to write copy because a lot of people that write copy, they write copy because they don't market. <laughs> they don't want to be out in the front. That, that's why they do what they do, right? That's their genius. So you just need to find somebody who their brilliance is different than yours. And that's the easiest way to do it right up front. But I think the other thing is we talked about partnerships is a lot of people think that the only partner that you need is a power partner, right? You know, that phrase is goes around all the time about power partners, which is kind of also like a referral partner. Um, for me, those are not the same. And I don't even think it's the most important one because really a referral partner 
you could build a relationship with them, but in the beginning, it's kind of transactional until you build the business stronger. But the fact of the matter is, like, I have a whole program on that there are 12 different kinds of partners and you need every single one of them and all for different reasons. So you should be building relationships with each one of them. Um, I'll give you an example. Say you do launches, like say you write a book or you're going to have a launch. The person who is your referral partner is not necessarily the person who's going to be your promo partner, right? You know, that's going to be somebody who's going to promote something, whether you're speaking on a summit or a book launch or whatever. So that's a promo partner, not the same as a referral partner. So I have this whole list of 12. And I always say, if you, if they do three of those things, then they are a power partner. If they're a referral partner, that makes them automatically a power partner. But I really feel like really identifying who your power partners are and then identifying who your partnerships are and building them. Because I'm going to tell you that one of the number one things I think for about the past, Haley, I'm going to say for the past at least five years, maybe seven, I have made no less than $10,000 a month just in serving my partners, nice. serving them in the things that they do consistently because they ask me to be a part of this or to be a part of that. So if in the beginning you're relatively new and you don't know what you're going to sell, start building those partnerships first and help them because that's going to get it done a whole lot faster. And then you'll build up credibility with them as well. And then they were, they will introduce you to other people because I got to tell you a powerful introduction is like the gift that keeps on giving. It's literally more powerful than sometimes a one-off referral. Totally agree. Yeah, if you can get a personal intro, that's amazing. And actually, it's funny you say that because like I posted recently that I did the speaking gig and I posted some pictures and then naturally somebody from my business group was like, oh my gosh, we need somebody. And it naturally like unfolded and so it's just like, if you know, if you're putting out there what you're doing, if you're really building those relationships and always looking also for how can I help other people too and include them in something I'm doing or bundle our services or do something fun like that, like there, the opportunities are endless. And I love that you define different types of partners and how you clearly define that a power partner might be, have three different purposes. But I, I like how you made your own definition of that. And it makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the things, too, though, that I think we should talk about in marketing and media is expectations and realistic expectations versus pie in the sky expectations versus tracking versus no hoping. Like, can you tell me a little more about how what would you say to somebody who um, is getting into marketing and they feel like oh, I'm I'm doing stuff, but. I'm not seeing the traction yet, or maybe they feel a little scattered or, you know, just expectation setting. So I feel like there's two things that affect this and they're on the total opposite ends of the spectrum. One is you think that even though you do have value and you have knowledge and you do, you don't feel like you're set up because you're looking at everybody else. And women in particular are really not so good at this. And what happens is you start comparing yourself to other people and you get imposter syndrome and you start looking at other people and you don't know what you should be charging. Right. And so 
Um, so we really, when people will look at that, the flip side of that is they also go out and look at what somebody else they think that does what they do. And they're like, oh, they have a $20,000 package. I should sell a $20,000 package. I can't even tell you how many people have hired me. They've been in business for less than a year. And they're like, oh, Patty, I want you to help me to create a $10,000 package. And here's always my very first question. And it is something people should ask themselves when they're doing it. When they say to me, Patty, I'd love if you'd help me create a $10,000 package. My very first question is, have you ever wrote a check for $10,000 to buy somebody else's? Right? Because you really can't ask somebody else to invest in you if you're not even willing to invest in you. Right? You know, so I think that is really an important question. One time somebody did an introduction for me. I literally couldn't believe it. And this girl was like really impressive. And the person who had sent her to me, I really liked her. And so I was on the phone with this girl for like an hour and we were going back and forth because she just kept asking all these questions. And I wasn't planning on, on like trying to sell her anything. I was really doing it because my friend asked me if I would talk to her and that she needed some type of clarity. And finally at the end, she said, you know, Patty, I really want to work with you. I think this would be like amazing. Um, and I said, okay, so like, how do you think I can best support you? Cause she was kind of all over the place in the questions she was asking. And um, she says, well, what do you have for $500? And I said, this hour long call, I just stayed on the phone with you for, <laughs> that's what I could have, would have charged you like $500 for that. Right. But I think that a lot of times people don't have the right expectation, right? This is kind of a, another version of, can I pick your brain? Which I don't know if you get that, but um, I always like to say people should value other people's time because it's sort of like, do it yourself. If you want do it yourself effort, you're going to get do it yourself results. And if you want expert expectations or expert results, hire an expert. So I think that when, for me, when people ask me, Oh, Patty, can I take you to lunch or can we get on zoom? And I want to pick your brain. Like I have stopped doing that like 15 years ago. And now my answer to that is no, but you can rent it. Right. You know, what I mean, yeah, like, that's my answer. You want to talk about some ways we could do that. So I think that the expectations of thinking that you can start your business and go to a $10,000 product. I mean, maybe you can, depending upon what you do. But if you're in like the coaching or the digital marketing or or a lot of the industries that both you and I serve. That's really not reasonable. And I think that if they want to and I'll say, well, what does that look like? Let's mm -hmm. talk about that. And then the answer really is if you don't have an audience, if you don't have a target market, never mind target buyers, the fact of the matter is before they would hire you for that, you need to work backwards. You know, mm -hmm. before they would spend $10,000, well, what would they do to spend 5000 or what would they do to spend 2500 in 1997? Whatever the case may be, um, I think you have to work your way backwards. And the other thing I would say is a lot of times when people do – webinars back in the day back in the day people used to like to do webinars and then they'd give you a little bit of fluff they tease you through the whole webinar and then at the end they would try to sell you something that doesn't actually work anymore um hasn't for a long time actually but the fact of the matter is they don't want to give you any value and you have to mm -hmm. give somebody something first so they so they know like are you my person and they want to know what's your vibe and they want to get to know you and stuff so i think that is really important but it doesn't mean you have to give everything away right i always like to say you want to share with people the what you want to share with them the why 
they have to pay you for the how though. Love <laughs> and, it. You know, so I think that is kind of important. Or I think another way, whether, no matter where you are in your business, another thing is really say you do something and there's five steps. So there's five steps. Old way, kind of tease a little bit about those five steps and people get off it and they really don't have, they're interested, but they actually really don't have anything they can implement in their business. No real value there. So I always like to say, no, what you need to do is pick one of those steps, probably not the first one, but pick one of those steps and really deep dive in it so people can really see your expertise and how you can help them. And then let them get enough value out of that, that they can actually go apply it to their business, whether they hire you or not. Mm -hmm. But if they are your right client, they will come back and say, you know what? That was really great. Now, what do I have? You know, I want to hire you so you can tell me how to do two, three and five or whatever the case may be. But you have to give content. You have to give value and you have to give relevant, consistent value. You need to make sure that you're building relationships with the right people that you are building your influence with the right people and you're using the right tools to do it. And as long as you're working on building those relationships, because the number one thing I always like to say is you need to think of your business like an ATM because it is. But the question here is, if it is, are you making more deposits or more withdrawals? In relationships that you make. So think of it like a ATM. Are you making more deposits or more withdrawals? So I always feel like that is really important. So every day I'm asking myself that. Um, one of the things that I do every single day, whenever I say this, people are like, what? But I pass out five business cards every day, virtual or in person, that are not mine. Nice. That I love mine. that. So yes. So it's really important to me is to really be able to know who those people are that I have built relationships with. And it's always about, you know, what can I do to support spotlight, serve them? Mm -hmm. And it always comes back and not keep score. <laughs> yes. Okay. So many bombs in there that were so good. First, uh, I, I'm going to be all over the place because I'm so excited about many things you said. Um, one is the... Uh, reciprocity theme here, right? Which is give without the expectation that it has to come back to you in a certain way, but it will come back to you in some way, shape or form. And even if it doesn't, it all compounds and, you know, you're, there's a win of some kind. Mm -hmm. Even if somebody's not a client, it could be a referral partner, it could be a new exposure for you, whatever. But I think the point and how we get upset in our business quickly is if we're thinking, I'm just giving, 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 and, you know, where is mine? Like you have your hand out and then you're going to feel resentment and you're not going to keep going in your business. So I have on my little, I have like a daily basics thing. And one of mine is do like five nice things for people. And it's surprising because, for example, it it's so easy and it's just something that you, it it's just more meaningful in building your business connection. So I love how you said that first. Um, the other thing I loved that you said is, have you ever, if you're going to charge 10K, have you ever invested in yourself 10K? And is what makes it worth it? What, why would somebody want to invest? What's a result or package or thing that would be worth that to them and that you also can really get behind? Um, and I'm also a fan of when you first start out, build those reps, you know, like I, my first test group for my group program was not the price that it is today. It was definitely lower. And you had to, 
I, I wanted to make it no brainer so I could keep, you know, tweaking it as I went and all that kind of stuff. So I love that piece of advice. I do think people sometimes undercharge too, though, where they're like, oh my gosh, you know, it's, I'll just do everything for free and forever. And it's like, okay, at some point you got to turn this into a business. I think, I think one of the things that people walk away with, no matter where you are in your business. So I always say, you know, you're trying to grow your list, right? Your email list, your, you know, you're trying to grow your influencer list. You know, everything is all about what that is, right? Of course, when I think of it as relationships, I go from having a list, to having a community, right? But I will tell you that this is one thing that they can do um, to work on that thing, whether they're starting new or just rolling out new things. So when people are on my email list, there's some things that I do for them that I have a very, very low unsubscribe and it's because there's certain things. So these are things that doesn't matter how much money you're making or what you're charging that can work. One of them is to let your, your people that are in your community know that as part of your community, they're going to get to beta test new things. They're going to get a discounted rate for that loyalty and that they're going to get exclusive content that nobody else gets. Right. You know, and that's something super easy to do that will make people loyal to you if you're loyal to them. Yeah. And that doesn't matter if you have 50 people on your list or 50,000 people on your list. Absolutely. And I think one thing people forget is our time is so limited that even your free stuff, you have to explain why it's worth somebody's time. You have to say what's the benefits for them. And you might think, well, I don't have to try as hard because this is just free. So everybody should be running to it. Not really, because people's time and they care about that and they might not um, be like, well, why should I listen to you? I, you, you got to kind of explain that. And not only that, but I think that when sometimes I will see someone and I'm like, oh, wow, I really love some of this stuff. And then I do opt in and then I look at their stuff. And then when I see their stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like not that great. They're free stuff. So you got to ask yourself, I want someone to look at my free stuff and say, man, this is so good, man. What would I get if I actually wrote her a check? Right. Yeah. You know? So I think that is really important is everything you're putting out, whether it's on social email, whatever the case may be, is it representing your brand and how you're going to show up and how you want people to know you're going to show up? Cause otherwise if they're all confused, they're going to say no. Right. You have mm -hmm. to make sure that they know what they're going to get when they write that check. So I think that's really, really important. So true. Yeah. And the last thing I want to highlight about what you said about expectations is with the webinar. So when you were talking about the webinar and how you want to show the what and the why, you don't need to show every single how. That's, I think a lot of people forget that the what and the why and giving those people that clarity, that in and of itself is valuable. So I think a lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, I have to cover my whole program for this to really make sense or something. But really you could take, one thing I've done in the past is take my framework and explain here's what you need to, to be able to get uh, paying clients. Here's the common mistakes and here's one thing you can do today for each part or could pick one part of that framework, as you said, and dive way deeper into just that and say, but here's the other parts or pieces that are needed. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think if you have five steps, for example, mm -hmm. you need to tell them all five, mm -hmm. like all five, here's all five steps. Then you can go deeper into, into one of them. Cause you only have so much time. You know, when I was first a speaker, one of the things, you know, a lot of times when you speak, you have Q and a at the end, 
I have to tell you, when I was a speaker in the beginning, now it's been like 13 years, literally nobody ever had any questions. I was like, isn't my stuff good? Like, why does nobody want to ask me a question? It's because I inundated them with so much information that they were paralyzed. Sometimes giving too much information, that's why you can't really tell them the how unless you really were only going to teach them one thing. Because yeah. they just can't handle that's too much information. So true. I've been so guilty of that in the past. I had to learn that <laughs> hard way many times. So, um, Patty, this is super valuable. I could talk to you for two more hours, but we're going to be honorable of time. And so where can everybody connect with you and find you? So the best place to connect with me is on my website, pattyfarmer.com, patty with a Y. And they can have everything there, magazine, podcast, all my events, social, anything they want, they'll find it at pattyfarmer.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And if it's really helpful for you, I'd really appreciate if you share it and or leave a written podcast review. This tells the podcast sites that our show is useful and it will be promoted to more people that way. Thanks again.